Hello, everybody. Welcome into Four Down Territory. I am Kyle Madsen, the managing editor of NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. As always, alongside me, Doug Farrar, the managing editor of Touchdown Wire. Doug, uh, hope everything is going well. And we have a Super Bowl edition or post-Championship Sunday edition yeah. of Four Down Territory to dive into, and I'm so excited. Not really Super Bowl yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, not quite. You know, yeah. we're a couple weeks away. Yeah. The week between Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl is maybe the most awkward week on the calendar. From a it is because you're looking backward and you're looking forward. And when do I start? Stop doing this and start doing that. And yeah, it's it's odd. <laughs> yeah, the typical the typical rhythms of the of the week to week analysis get thrown off just a little bit. But we will get to uh, dive into the Super Bowl and all of those matchups a little bit later. Let's look backwards though. At Live Championship Vegas, Sunday. By the way. Yeah, you'll be you'll be down there in Las Vegas, uh, doing doing the whole media thing, and I I, I can't wait to to uh, to see what you got going on down there. But first down, let's look back at the NFC Championship game. Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell will be uh, flambéed all off season yep. long for his two failed fourth down conversion attempts in Detroit's 34-31 loss to the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Of course, the first one came while Detroit was still up 14 at their own 28, or excuse me, at the 49ers 28. The next one came in a tie game, mm-hmm. or a uh, no, when they were down three at uh, yeah. the 49ers 30. Instead of taking field goals, they go for it on fourth down. Should Dan Campbell be pilloried for these decisions? It was like, I think the quickest single quarter comeback in playoff history. It was insane. It was like we were watching one game and then wham. Um, unbelievable. Science fiction. Should he be flambéed? No. And I feel like I need to write an article about analytics and what they actually are in football and what what they mean and what they can and can't do. But when you're discussing these kinds of things, Kyle, and you have to remove yourself from the catch-all term analytics and really look at what the situations are in the moment, Campbell was well within his rights and his coaching personality to go for it on fourth down once in the third quarter, once in the fourth. My problem was entirely with the plays that were called my offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, who's probably going to get a job in the next you know few days. But on both plays, and you'll remember this because you know, you're a Niners guy, both plays, the calls were for longer developing pass plays, not to the flat, not a quick thing. And set this up with the fact that the Lions had San Francisco's run defense on skates through that game, yep. start to finish. And this was going in the worst possible matchup for the Niners. Like of all, of all the matchups that did not favor San Francisco – Detroit's run game against SF's run defense was the worst for Steve Wilkes, yep. their, their DC, without question. And that played out through the game. On that third quarter incompletion, Lions had Jared Goff and Pistol and running back David Montgomery offset, and then he flared out immediately. Uh, it was kind of like with the Super Bowl 49 play for the Seahawks when they didn't give Marshawn the ball. Marshawn flared out immediately. Well, there's no, we don't have to defend the run. Um, mm-hmm. On the fourth quarter play, this this blew my mind when I rewatched it this morning. The Lions were in empty. They had no one yeah. in the backfield and yeah. except for Goff and Pistol. And this gave Steve Wilkes carte blanche to pin his players' ears back and go for the pressure. And Goff was pressured hard on both plays, which led to yep. the incompletions. This season, the Lions have done a lot of their best work with Goff under center and a lot of the best pass plays with Goff under center and with play action. Goff has been the most prolific uh, and the most frequent under center play action quarterback in the NFL. David Montgomery had carries of 14, 15, and 16 yards in that game. Pretty consistent. All three, Goff was under center. The 16-yard run came a couple minutes before the fourth down play. 
So I would posit, Kyle, that the fourth down attempts were exactly within the Lions' personality. They have attempted, they had attempted in coming into that game, 40 fourth down conversions, and they had completed 21, which is a very high rate. So for anything mm-hmm. over 50%, you are in high cotton. So if anyone's the GOAT here, it's whoever called the plays that were so antithetical to what the Lions had done so well on offense all season long. And I get, you know, maybe I don't know what the thought process was, but hey, we'll throw this at them. They'll never expect it. Well, if you're throwing something at them that they'll never expect, it's maybe because it's something you don't run as often or frequently. and Maybe you're not as good at. So you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. So analytics, which. 99% 99% of people who say analytics, they don't, it's like the analytics say, the analytics is not a guy. There's not a dude who looks like <laughs> the Simpsons comic book guy in a little room going, worst analytics ever. That's not, it's not how it works. Right. Um, I, I think the, I think the intent was fine. I think the play calls were, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and rip coaches. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what the thought process was. I will say it was given what the Lions have done so well all season long and how they were killing the Niners with the run in this game. I thought they were really curious. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It's so much of the the whole analytics conversation just comes down to results. And the entire thing with analytics is process. Yeah, it's process and, or outcome. If you want outcome, that's not what this is. Right, right. And that's that's fine. That Josh Reynolds dropped the first one more on him later. Yeah. And then the right. second one, Goff Goff had to get on the move and try and throw on the run and that's just not his bag. Uh, the, from my angle in the press box, I thought Fred Warner knocked that pass down and like, no, he mm. just threw it way short of, of where it needed to go. Yeah. And I mean, you can also quibble with targeting Josh Reynolds in that spot when you have Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown and and Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. So I, 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 I'm with you, though. It's it's more the play calls for me than the actual than the actual conversion attempts, because it's not like they were passing up 30 yard field goals. They're passing up like 46 and 48 yard field goals. Those aren't easy. And Michael Badgley, you know, God love him, is not is not Justin Tucker. He so hadn't like, attempted, I, he hadn't attempted a 40 plus yard field goal outdoors since like 2020. So don't tell me that's gimme's either. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't I don't mind. Here's my my big question is where was that aggressiveness at the end of the half? Right. The Lions are up 21-7. They have a fourth and goal from the three with 10 seconds to go. Yep. And at that point, they opt for the points. And maybe it's because they felt the field goal was automatic. And even if they miss, the Niners are getting the ball, you know, at the 10 with a few seconds left, they're going to kneel on it. So that's that's fine. But I thought for sure they were going for it there to go up 28 to 7. And at that point, the game's over. The Niners yeah. aren't coming back from 28-7 down. Because at 17, you're going, okay, you get a field goal even to open the half. And now you're just two scores down. You get to stop another score, and you're in a one and you're in a one score game. Twenty one to seven is a way bigger mountain to climb than twenty four to seven. Yeah. So that was that's of of the decisions Dan Campbell made. Just just purely, you know, getting away from the play calls, which I, I agree with you totally. Give it to David Montgomery and let him cook. Your offensive line. They were they were. I, I got this from Nick Wagner at ESPN. Before the Lions late in the first half, they they had a third and twelve, and they handed it to David Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs, I guess. Yeah, and he went thirteen, went thirteen yards untouched. Third and twelve, first down. The ball to convert a third and twelve. That's how much faith. That's how much you know you have these guys dead to right. Right, right. That wasn't a, it. Wasn't a handoff like okay, just try and get a couple yards and and punt. It was a a play to get a first down, and he went untouched. Before that play, they were averaging six yards per carry before contact. Before yep. contact. Yep. And and so they get a they get a fourth and goal at the three and they decide not to to go for it there. That's that's the question I have. 
that's a super aggressive team. You've done it all year. You did it twice in the in the second half. Where was it at the end of the first half? That that's my only real question. And then again, the play calls. Like get behind your offensive line. You've got a run defense that can't stop you. Get it to David Montgomery. Get it to Jameer Gibbs and and let him cook. And that they well, didn't do that was, was pretty cost. jarring. Yeah, averaging six yards a carry after contact. You have a fourth and two and a fourth and three. Yeah, you don't even I need don't. to deal with analytics. <laughs> Run <Yeah>. the ball. <laughs> you don't save <laughs> your analytics for another day. You're you're fine. But yeah. Sometimes isn't hard i mean sometimes most of the time it is but sometimes it's not that complicated yeah i just i i don't i don't think that i i think there are definitely discussions to be had on you know the when to to lean on analytics and when not to or whatever but this is not one of those times like they didn't the pro the process was not was not wrong i i agree with you it was the play calls that were that were a bigger issue than than them just going for you are killing one of the nfl's best defenses with the one thing they don't do well and yeah, keep doing you know, it doing it we could we could do an hour on some of the play calls in that game the reverse passes and mm. the flea flickers like bro just line it up and run it you saw the 40 i have a whole new respect for kyle shanahan and the 49ers winning an nfc title game throwing eight passes yeah it just when you can when you can average 10 yards a rip on the ground just do it yeah when they put jimmy garoppolo in the bob greasy suit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Um, all anyway, right, let's, let's talk about more bad play designs and calls and decisions. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do in, in second down here. So the Baltimore yeah. Ravens prior to the AFC title game looked up just a total buzzsaw. Uh, and then they ran into the chiefs and three hours after running into the chiefs, they were out of the playoffs with a 17 to 10 loss. And the chiefs are headed for their fourth super bowl in the last five years, which sure. That's that. insane. Yeah. Uh, what did we learn about the Ravens? That you can't get greedy against the Steve Spagnuolo defense. And you need to run the damn ball. Uh, the Ravens were one of the NFL's best and most diverse rushing teams this season. And under Spagnolo, the Chiefs have covered very well and played a ton of dime defense. In cases like that, you were inviting your opponent to run the ball. You were begging them, please run the ball at us. This season, Kyle, the Chiefs have employed light boxes on 52% of their defensive snaps and stack boxes on 14%. The Ravens then chose to attack that, which just eight attempts from the running backs, i.e. not Lamar Jackson, eight. One of those was a 15-yard run by Gus Edwards against an eight-man box out of nickel in which Baltimore's offensive line bullied the Chiefs all the way through. So even when they were stacked, it wasn't going to work. I mean, I love Nick Bolton. I love Drew Tranquil. Great line. Tranquil is a dude. They got him from the Chargers, and, and that's that's going to, you know, it's bore fruit all year. But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Chris Jones, great pass rusher, not great against the run. Derek mm -hmm. Noddy is situational. He's kind of the run stopper, but that's not what they do. Mm -hmm. So Lamar Jackson, meanwhile, was overshooting deep throws all over the place. He completed two of seven passes of 20 or more air yards for 84 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Pass rating is 77.1. There are defenses against whom you might want to lean into that particular strategy. This was not one of them. Spags will throw everything in the kitchen sink at you from a coverage perspective. His options with run defense, as I said, are much more limited, far more limited. The Ravens off that Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Monken, who I think has been brilliant all year. Again, I'm not ripping coaches here. I'm just looking at what's in front of me and going, why? Mm -hmm. uh, but he didn't go after that hard. It was pretty weird because this was another defense. I mean, this was both games. One run defense was saying, Yeah, come at us. We can't stop you. And in both cases, the 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 offending offensive team said, no, nah, we're good. We'll do the other thing. And, you know, okay, 
I guess that's uh, how you spend your offseason, wondering about that. Yeah, the irony that the Ravens hired Todd Munkin and then in this spot don't go to the ground game that has been so effective for them yeah. is <laughs> it's it's a little bit funny, but I I don't it's not like they were down. I, I get that they were down 17 to seven, but they didn't need to abandon running the ball that early. Oh. And I don't, I, I don't. So I, I guess what we learned about Baltimore. By no means the offensive juggernaut they were four or five years ago, where they could score twenty eight points in like five no. minutes. Yeah, then you have to think that way. That's not who they, they didn't are. score in the second half. Nope, they didn't score in the second half. Nope. So it, it, what what we learned about about Baltimore is that they are very good, but as with all things, like balance is necessary. You can't be as run heavy as they were under under Greg Roman. You need to be able to throw it effectively and and design a good passing game. And then you also, on the other hand, you need to be able to run it effectively. Like that's not that's not necessarily something we learned about the Ravens. That's just kind of football. That that's 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 the balance that they that they have to find. And then also not. And I know we're going to get into this more later. We got to stop reaching for the goal line, guys. Yeah, you're 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 there. You got to stop reaching. And I mean, if, if Zay Flowers doesn't fumble, that game's a lot different. But yeah, man, I was I was shocked as every time I looked up, it felt like Lamar Jackson was dropping back to throw. Eight running and, backs. Edwards' run was in the first quarter, so they knew. They knew. Yeah. This wasn't like, oh crap, we didn't run all game, and then Gus, you know, blew it up, and we should have done this before. Right. They, they saw it. They had the key to the game right in their hands and just dropped yeah. it. Yeah. Again, I, I'm not I, coaches, but. Oof. It, it, you know, it, it, but yeah, I, maybe, maybe they they saw something on film that they wanted to try in his way, but it didn't work at some point. Just start running the ball, man. Like it, it's, it, it, the chiefs it, defense is antithetical to everything they've been good at. I don't know what else you're going to watch on tape unless you're watching the chiefs from like 1969. I don't know. Yeah. No, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Some, and I mean, this is, I don't know. And now, now we're, now we're here with the Ravens once again. Like yep. what? What do they? What do they look like in the postseason? Yeah. And again, I I, I think it's going to come down to better balance. Uh, let's jump over to third down. Well, just to, to bring, I mean, balance, yeah, but attacking what your opponent can't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're, I mean, if you're, you know, it's, you've got the Buccaneers who are a great run defense and you know, pass the ball more because that's what mm-hmm. you know you throw the ball against the Lions because they're corner light and they have a great mm-hmm. run. Defense. So it's balanced, yeah, but it's attacking what your opponent doesn't do well. And to go that far in the other direction, when you're really immersing yourself in what they do best, which is rush the passer and kill you with different kinds of coverage, because Spags is as good as anyone with that. Uh, So balance, yeah, but it's really what you attack per your opponent. And that kind of goes back to our analytics discussion, but I digress. (laughs) I I would just love to know what the plan was going in. I'll be what, I, I don't. Yeah, the end of season pressers. The coordinators may or may not talk. Uh, I know we'll get Johnson at the combine if he becomes a head coach, and you know he'll he'll get some questions about that. No doubt. All right, let's jump over to third down. Kyle Shanahan has an opportunity to raise some postseason demons and beat okay. the Chiefs in the Super Bowl after they couldn't in Super Bowl Fifty Four. Why will he be able to do that if he is in fact able to do that? Because he finally has a Brock Purdy. And with all the talk about whether Purdy is crap or awesome or a game manager or whatnot, you remember how things went in that last Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo either staying well within his severe Bob Greasy limitations, as we said, or sailing potentially touchdowns to Emmanuel Sanders downfield. 
early uh, we you and I have discussed this. It's pretty second or third game as a starter. Someone asked Kyle about what Purdy brought to the team, and, and Shanahan was quite upfront about it. He said, we finally have a deep passing game, especially mm-hmm. through, up, up the middle, which is where the Niners want to attack you in the passing game. It is all between the numbers. It's like it's like Greg Rowland, but it actually works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for the most part, through his brief NFL career, Purdy has shown the ability to throw intermediate and deep balls with tremendous anticipation and to decipher coverage switches as they happen, which is crucial in today's NFL because more clouding the picture than ever before. So you get a second-year guy with the last pick in the draft who can do those two things, and both of those attributes will be key against that aforementioned Spags defense or defenses because you never know what's coming. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something Garoppolo just never had. Uh, Purdy will never be Patrick Mahomes, but he also doesn't need to be. So I think if there's a difference, I mean, yeah, they got different guys. It, I, I had forgotten that Trent Williams, this is his first Super Bowl. Yeah. Which yeah. best left tackle of his generation. This is first Super Bowl. I forgot about before. Anyway. Um, yeah. So he's not, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have to be Mahomes. He, if he, if he is himself, the Niners will certainly at least make it a game. Yeah. Anyway, I think we yeah. can take the Packers game out now. Can we just move on from that whole yeah. discussion? But whatever. Yeah. He's, he, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. He's not, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but so many of the things he did against the Lions, I didn't think he was great against Detroit, Brock Purdy. Like he was, he was fine, but he made, he made a, a handful of winning plays, like turning a, a sack into a 10 yard completion to Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. And on a second and nine, when they need a touchdown, scrambling for 21 yards and getting yeah. him into the deep. Oh, he was, he was rumbling, man. Yeah. And like, and it yeah, wasn't, I, I saw, yeah, he's just, he's a, he's just, he's, he's good at the position. I don't, I don't, I, 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 is he the biggest and fastest? And is he ever going to be a tier one quarterback? Like, no, probably not. But it, within the scope of, of football and within the scope of, of the, the 49ers roster, he is, I, I heard Mina Kime say this and I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like they needed an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo and they've got it. Yeah. And he can do enough as a secondary playmaker to get them over whatever hump the quarterback was keeping from getting them over. Yeah. That said, it's really, really tough to right right now as we as we record this on the Monday after Championship Sunday. Given how the 49ers have looked the last couple of weeks, it's like, man, if they get out to a bad start against the Chiefs and Kansas City goes up 14-0, it's hard to imagine Kansas City smoking a, a, a three-score lead. You know, so that's that's a, a little bit kind of where I sit at the moment. But if the 49ers are gonna are gonna beat Kansas City, they can't do what we just talked about with the Ravens. They oh, cannot they cannot put it on Purdy's right arm and say, Yeah, hey, go win it. Go try and keep up with Patrick Mahomes. Like, no, it's Christian McCaffrey. Regardless of what you think about Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey is their best offensive player. And good things happen when they put the ball in his hands. And I think that's what they have to do a ton. They have to control the ball. They have to try and and create a couple explosive plays on the ground and turn it out with Christian McCaffrey and make and make the Chiefs run defense stop them. Make them do something that they don't want to do on defense. And then maybe try and take your shots over the top. So, uh, as as good as as Brock Purdy has been this year, and as good as he was in that seventeen point comeback against Detroit, I, I think a 49ers win over the Chiefs is going to start with Christian McCaffrey having a a high volume effective game. Interesting question. Like, what? Who is their best? I would say that McCaffrey is their best player in his presence. I think Debo is the best player in his absence because when he's gone. There's so mm. much work. 
Yeah, that's Even a good point. Even if he's not getting 10 catches for 175 yards, if he's not on the field, there's so much that doesn't work. Yeah, they, the way they can manipulate defenses with him in motion and stuff, like you see it you see it when he's not on the field. Ray Ray McLeod doesn't impact defenses the way Debo Samuel does when he goes in motion. Although, yeah, Duan, I, I do. Duan, I love him, man. He's blocking, he's blowing people up. I love his personality. He just he is a, he wants to just get angry and be, you know, start fights and things. Yeah. That I, my favorite thing with Juwan Jennings is when they put him in motion as like as a tight end. Yeah. And they have him running down inside blocking. He, he's not a fast guy. I think he ran like a four sixth combine, but like a four. He, I think it was four seven. Yeah. Um, he's a big guy. So yeah. yeah. Um, good blocker, so yeah. good effort contact Kyle Shanahan type of guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey is the volume piece, but without Debo, it's like the, there, there's a bridge between the run and the pass game. And with Debo out, there was no bridge. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Um, but it's, it, it's all the run game, whether it's Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, the Niners are going to have to run the heck out of the ball. Uh, and the way Mahomes is playing now, it's gonna, and we'll discuss this obviously more next week. The Niners, if Mahomes is that way and Spags is that way and Kelsey is this way, it's going to have to be a near perfect game for the Niners. Yep. 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 Kansas City's playing really well on both sides. Yep. Um, let's get to fourth down. Worst of the week. And I'm so glad it wasn't officiating. Nah, I mean, at this point, I just. <sighs> I'm tired of myself, which. <laughs> Usually sure. happens a long time after everyone else gets tired of me. So when I'm tired of myself, I know stop. Just do not get mm-hmm. fix it. Um, I eagerly await Goodell's press conference uh, next week when he says that officiating is great. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> anyway, wonderful. My worst of the week is a flowers. <laughs> Baltimore's rookie receiver had a pretty good day on the stat sheet. Five catches on eight targets for 115 yards and a touchdown. But his drive that started late in the third quarter, Kyle, <laughs> was a master class in oof. He started out by smoking Kansas City's defense for a 54-yard catch with 49 seconds left in the third quarter. But Flowers also got 15 yards shaved off after an obvious taunting penalty. This wasn't one of those judgment – he, like, stood over the defender and threw the ball. Like, this was three taunting penalties in one. That took the ball from the Kansas City 10-yard line to the Kansas City 25-yard line. And then, at the start of the fourth quarter, Flowers had a shot at his second receiving touchdown of the game. I mean, this was hero to zero quickly. Yep. He followed the ball just short of the end zone, encouraged by Chiefs cornerback with Jerry Sneed, who say all you want about Flowers messing up. Sneed's play was the effort was unbelievable yep. to yep. put the ball back in the Chiefs court. Game ended 17 to 10 in Kansas City's favor. So that missed touchdown was pretty significant. And then Kyle. <laughs> oh man. Flowers then injured his hand by smacking a sideline bench in frustration. Um, you feel for the kid. But there was kind of a naked gun element to this whole sequence where, you know, <laughs> how much were, yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about OJ, but, you know, OJ, Nordberg getting like <laughs> this thing happens and this thing happens, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it was bad. And not funny for the Ravens, but just looking at it in total as it was happening, like, wow, keep digging that hole. That was bad. Yeah, really, really, really tough stretch for a, for a fine young player. Great, Zay player, Flowers. great player. But yeah. yeah. We, we have not our, his best, not as my favorite. M- one of my favorite phrases is like, ah, not his best rep, not no. his best reps there. A bit over exuberant at the end of his rookie campaign and he'll learn from it. I'm sure. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take something from the, from the NFC championship game here. And I've got a, I've got a few and it's just some of the lions mishaps. Yeah. As, a- because I, I wrote a piece at Niners wire about the nine plays that kind of swung the game for San Francisco. And so many of them were just lions 
mistakes. Right. And San Francisco capitalizing on them. So Josh Reynolds had two major drops. There was the fourth and three, the first one, where Goff, under a little bit of pressure, but stepped through and, and made the throw low and away, like very catchable ball, and Reynolds just dropped it. And then yeah, later on a third and nine. coming back anyway, so that should be easy. Yeah, that that, that should should have been a completion. That's on the receiver. And then there was a third and nine uh, uh, after the 49ers tied it where just Goff made the throw, hit hit Reynolds right in the belly, and he he dropped it. Uh, so so tough out for Josh Reynolds there. Jameer Gibbs fumbling. It felt like in the stadium when, when Gibbs fumbled, it, it felt like the game was over. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the avalanche just kind of started from there. And then a, a sneaky one here is we talk about Dan Campbell and fourth down conversions and drops by Josh Reynolds and a fumble and a ball off Kendall Wilder's face mask that Brandon Ayuk made a diving catch on for 51 yards. That's Chase what I Lucas, over because that was a David Tyree helmet catch all over again. Like, okay, you're not going to win. This is yeah, just, that's just a brutal bounce. This is now the football gods are intervening. Go home. I won't. I I I won't go as far as to say it should have been intercepted. Because it would have been a tough catch, and Kendall Vildor is not a, an all-pro corner or anything like that. Not the so point. It would have been a tough catch. He boxed him out. He boxed, He prevented the play, and then he right, did. right, right. It should have been an incompletion. Just brutal. And it, yeah, it's unbelievable play by Brandon Ayuk. But Chase Lucas, after the 49ers tied it, and after Josh Reynolds had that second drop on third and nine, Jack Fox, the punter for the Lions, unleashes mm. this 74-yard bomb. Yeah. That bounces inside the one, bounces back to the two, hits at the two, and then bounces back toward the end zone. Chase Lucas, the corner, did an excellent job in coverage to get down there. He catches the ball, but had his feet on the goal line. He did everything right except have his feet outside of where they needed to be. I missed that. He that's, then, that's a good catch. He, he good. then tosses it to... Uh, another Lions player who went into the end. It was just a a debaucherous attempt at downing a punt. And at that point, the game's tied. And if the 49ers are backed up on their own one, who knows how that goes from there? Yep. Versus getting it at the 25, they go down, they kick a field goal to go up 27-24, and you know how it went from there. So that was that was the a like I said, in all the in all the big plays that happened in that game, that was the one that that when I was re-watching it today, it was like, man, that that really had a chance to give Detroit some life and some momentum pinning the Niners at the one. And instead they put him at the 25 and it was like, Oh, another mistake for Detroit. So uh, just Detroit's overall collapse because the plays were there to be made to put that game away. And they just didn't make them. Yeah. It was a lot of little inches, but it was so many inches. It had up <laughs> after, <laughs> after the inches start to add up to feet. Um, yeah. It's pretty, that's yeah. I was focusing on other things this morning. So I forgot about that, but that's uh Yeah. Ouch. Uh, very ouch. Very ouch, as they say. Yeah, and the touch for the Lions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I've been, been working on my vocabulary. All right. That's going to do it for this week's four down territory. We will have another one next week, though. Doug going to be live down in Las Vegas as we uh, get prepped for a 49ers Chiefs rematch. It should be a good one. Can't wait to preview it with you, Doug. Same here, my man. All right. We'll uh, be talking next week. Thanks, everybody.